This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Reaching the final of the Champions League helps us to make, like you said, the bigger picture what we have done the last four years. What we have done these four years is incredible in terms of the Premier Leagues and the Carabao Cups and the Cups and every competition played. And reaching the final helps to understand what we have done. We won a team like Knockout, uh, Barcelona and Bayern Munich and 4-1 at the end. We struggled a lot the first half, a lot, because we could press, we won a press, we were not able to do it. In the second half we were narrow from outside, we jumped for the people inside and uh, we, we were much, much, much better and uh, an incredible huge victory for us. I'm very grateful to be at the sideline of this team. What um, another energy, energetic performance full of full of positive attitude, full of hunger, um, what a spirit um, to go in moments where we needed to suffer in first half and what a reaction in second half. Job is not done yet, we are in final, we are in two finals now and, and uh, um, yeah, the, the sacrifice uh, I personally gave was worth it since day one. On the Ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Thomas Tuchel and Pep Guardiola speaking after their respective sides booked their places in the Champions League final. On the ball with me, Ross, on a lovely looking Friday evening. How have you all spent your day? Indoors? Ah, good. (laughs) Sweet. A rhetorical question. Tweet at BFM Radio. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, Ensconced nicely in their homes, I have my three guests for the evening. Bob Holmes is here. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Good to be here. Good to see you. Des Corkill is also here. Hello, Des. Suitably miserable. I hope everyone's having a dreadful evening tonight, because I am. <laughs> and Craig Marias, hello. Uh, just a little bit more cheerful than these two over here. But, uh, <laughs> That's not difficult, Craig. That's not difficult. <laughs> All right, then. We, we heard uh, uh, Pep and Thomas at the start of the show. Man City 2 PSG nil on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. City win the tie 4-1 on aggregate. Uh, Pep Guardiola ending a run of four consecutive Champions League semi-final eliminations. They, they boss... Both legs of the games, Bob Holmes, totally deserved place in the final, right? Uh, yes, totally. But I think the winning margin uh, probably doesn't do justice quite to uh, PSG. I mean, it, it was it was still fine margins. And I think until the uh, second goal went in this week, um, there were a few nerves jangling among City fans. But then... That's in their DNA, isn't it? Um, but uh, no, I mean, City unusually didn't have uh, all the possession in uh, either game. It didn't have the majority of the possession, I should say. And uh, PSG had chances, but they imploded in both games. As they PSG could have had... do. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, th- I thought this year... You know, with them getting to the final last year, getting closer and closer, and with Mbappe and Neymar firing, you know, they can beat anybody. And I thought maybe it's their year, but no, they did it again. They imploded. And I, I really don't know what Pochettino is going to do about that, whether he he was thought to be the guy that could guard against that, perhaps and one of the reasons he was signed, and, you know, a player's manager, that sort of thing. But... Um, 
No, City deserve all the credit I think that they're getting. Um, I mean, it was a rock solid defensive performance. Uh, and uh, I think Ruben Diaz has probably strengthened his case for footballer of the year. Yeah, uh, He was absolutely magnificent. Uh, but they all were. The back four, uh, Zinchenko uh, played a big part, uh, slightly controversially chosen ahead of Cancelo, but well worth his place. And Edison, what, the, the goalkeeping <laughs> pass of the century. I passer, think. Yeah. What about that? Um, made, yeah, I mean, he doesn't get the assist, but he, he deserves something, doesn't he, for that? Yeah. So Pep will be very pleased and thoroughly deserved. Um, but I don't know where PSG go from here. That's, that's the big question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, really, they've spent all that money. They put all the eggs in the baskets of uh, two forward players. And when one of them is missing, the other one is easier to close down. And then you look at the rest of the squad, which isn't quite up to their standard. And there are weaknesses all over the place. And you can't say that about City. City, squad for squad, there's no comparison. Yeah. Um, well, PSG have to concentrate on, on Liga, where they are not top dog this season. Uh, Des Corkill, they were banned from European club competition well, a season and a half ago. They opted out of the Champions League this season. They spent a billion on their squad. If Man City do win, it's a proper fairy tale story, then, isn't it? No, real fairy tale story. <laughs> Firstly, that, uh, those Man City fans who followed City as they went down to the third level, uh, I'm pleased for them. I really am because they you, they followed the team through thick and thin. They had big crowds um, and the famous game against Gillingham. So I am pleased for them. And similarly, there's a similar story for the Chelsea fans. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I can't I can't generate you know, any enthusiasm for two teams who have bankrolled. Utterly bankrolled their way. Uh, play lovely football, but you go out and buy the best players in the world to fit a, a, um, a problem. Phil Foden has come through, so that, that's, that's a, a nice little news story. But it's difficult to generate enthusiasm for either of these semi-finals on the back of the European Super League. Uh, I know, you, you, you just, you, you say to yourself, you say to yourself, Riyad Mahrez, what a top player. And then you go, oh yeah, 50 mil, wasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, and, and signed from their biggest, well, one of their, in, in inverted commas, bigger rivals, Leicester City. And, and so, so you take away the money, and I've been whinging about this for a long, long time. Glad it's getting some, um, some, some traction elsewhere. Uh, and yeah, it was, it, was, it was a really nice game of football. Yep. Um, spoiled for me by, okay, so the red card, everyone's saying, oh yeah, Maria, De Maria deserves that red card. He was stupid. To me, that is a referee, if he's allowed to, just going over, stop being a stupid boy, will you? Just get on with it. Just, it, it, it's a red card in, in, in the modern sense of the word, in a realistic treating people like adult sense of the word. It's stop being stupid, you two. But he, he, he was running around like a headless chicken, running up to that. He was mouthing. And I, I don't know. I, I felt for the referee, especially when they said, oh, my God, the referee swore at us. And you're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so this, is, this, is, this is my next thing. This is my next little, little whinge. They're, oh, how dare he treat people like adults? It's a game. It's, a, it's a, meant to be a febrile contact sport. And you're not allowed to do anything. And the referees aren't allowed to do anything. So the referees aren't 
allowed to manage the game unless they've got lines to draw from a mysterious message coming into their ear from somewhere miles and miles and miles away. You are taking the soul of football out of football by not allowing it to be a game where physical contact is allowed, emotions are allowed, referees are allowed to, to calm, uh, to, to settle things down. So all of that takes away from what was a very nice game of football between two well-matched teams. Go back to the first leg, a wall ducking or a wall not doing its job yeah. has, has cost uh, PSG massively because the first goal here was if it, Man City got the first goal, this was always over because they're strong defensively. Diaz is great, but so many things to whinge about on this Friday night. Sorry if you're listening in the <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in the car at home, um, but flipping heck, we've got to somehow change our our attitude to this wonderful sport. All right, I promise you, the mood will improve as the it night won't. goes on. It won't. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll we'll try we'll try and up da- uh, Des's downers. Um, all right, I'm coming to Craig with we're ignoring the money. Chelsea 2, Real Madrid nil on the night. Chelsea win 3-1 on aggregate. Craig, this was a well-deserved victory for Thomas Tuchel's men. They totally outpowered Madrid, out-Madrid Madrid. And, and <laughs> well, well two, two finals in two years now with two different clubs for Thomas. Yeah, um, uh, really, really impressive record, uh, that for a manager. Um, and the transformation um, of Chelsea since he's taken charge has, has been remarkable. You know, I mean, when when he took over, if you if you were to say that they'd be reaching the Champions League final, you know, I think everyone on the show would have laughed at you, um, uh, Frank Lampard including. And uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just been um, a, a well organised Chelsea team. I mean, that that's as much as I can say about uh, Tuchel and, and and what he's done at Chelsea. You know, he's just got them organised. We knew they had fantastic players. Um, you know, he's not he's not gone out and bought anyone new. It's the same group of players that Frank Lampard was working with. Um, but he's got them, you know, more compact, more organised defensively, allowing the attacking players to go forward. But at the same time, you know, they, they all have their own responsibilities on the field. And, and I think when you play a team like Real Madrid, you know, you have to be tactically um, uh, adept, you know, and, and you've got to know what you're doing because they, they obviously have quality plays that can hurt you as well. Um, I, I just thought it was it, it was a really uh, professional performance over the two legs. Um, I fancied them, as soon as they got this draw, I fancied them from the start. You know, I, I really did think that, they, you know, they had the tools to beat Real Madrid. And um, I wasn't a massive Tuchel fan, uh, I've got to admit, before he came. Uh, but as I said, you know, he's got them organised. Um, and he's got them to, to, to a final, you know, and, yeah. and two finals, sorry. And, uh, you know, the, the Chelsea could come out of this with, with two big major trophies and, and that's massive for them. Uh, massive for Brambridge. He'll get another three-year contract, but if, if, if next season doesn't go to plan, then, you know, he won't last till Christmas. I mean, that's I, just the way Chelsea are. Yeah, absolutely. I understand all the reporters who are at Stamford Bridge covering that match yeah. were all scared driving home. They were all frightened that they were going to be intercepted by N'Golo Kante. <laughs> I know he he was he was he was immense. Um, you know, I think over both legs, um, he he was the best player on the pitch. I mean, he got man of the match for both. Um, one thing I would say um, is, is Zidane's uh, tactics. You know, I think you know when you look at it, you look at um, uh, you know that midfield three, and it's 
you know, they get it on a bit, you know, the same three that play in week in, mm. week out. Mm. And then Hazard was half fit. I mean, you could see he wasn't really, wasn't really in there. Um, well, and, 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 until, until the end when he had a laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With his mates. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but uh, I mean, we've got to remember, Mendy made two very good series yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. That, that kept, kept uh, Chelsea in the tie. So uh, credit, credit there uh, where it's due. But yeah, I, I, just, I just felt uh, this was a comfortable win for Chelsea. All right. I tell you what, if you want to hear a Real Madrid point of view, of, of what should go on, do check out our TFIF on video out on YouTube. Let's move on and talk about the Europa League where Manchester United lost 3-2 on the night in Rome, but won 8-5 on aggregate. And, and Bob Holmes, the trick is to have a number nine who actually is a number nine playing in a football team because he will get you goals. <laughs> You better tell Pep Guardiola that. <laughs> no, Pep's going, no, not true. Can you imagine if City had Cavani? Well, <laughs> then they would win everything. Uh, well, yeah, it, it was the Cavani show, wasn't it? Um, I mean, I don't think uh, too many nerves were jangling. You tell me. I mean, when Roma scored twice in quick succession... Um, I don't think so. Some of the paper headlines have suggested that brief scare I saw in one headline. I wouldn't call that a brief scare. Yeah. You? Uh, when they need f five goals at that point, because Cavani scored first, didn't he? Um, so it, it was, uh, you know, they'd got the job done. It wasn't entirely comfortable, obviously, to concede three goals in the second half. Can't be considered comfortable. But they got the job done. And they were a little bit fortunate that uh, in the first leg, Roma had a severely weakened team uh, through injuries and uh, one suspension. Um, one or two of those were back this time, but the job was done in the first leg, 6-2. There's no, there's no coming back from that. So uh, Ollie broke his semi-final jinx. Yeah. It's the first, first in five that he's won. So I, I suppose they go into the um, final as favourites and they're in a very healthy position. Uh, I mean, the league, there's no question there. The they've, top four is, is sewn up. The only problem for United is they've got to play five games in 15 days, which they could have done without. But uh, they, they'll, they'll take that. Uh, if you'd said this at the start of the season, mm. uh, that they're going to, guaranteed um, Champions League football next season and uh, odds on for a trophy. I think they would have taken that. So uh, you can consider it a, a very good season for United. Yep, they will, unfortunately. Well, for the English, uh, Arsenal won't be there. It won't be two all-English finals. Villarreal held Arsenal to a nil-nil on the night, winning... 2-1 uh, on aggregate. It is, after all, Des Corkill, the Unai Emery trophy we're talking about. So, makes sense. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, I, I just want to mention the David De Gea's performance for Manchester United. He, he was good, wasn't he? Good. He was incredible. I'm, I'm a big he may have played fan. himself into the final, Des. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I've, I've not really understood that Henderson is better than De Gea. Um, arguments at all, everything a look, and he was just incredible. The, you say it wasn't nervy, he's made three 
phenomenal saves yeah. before the first goal goes in. First goal goes in, it still shouldn't be nervy, but it's a different game. So, uh, thumbs up to the here. Um, a poor lad, he's only on 350 grand a week, so <laughs> it, it's good to hear. Get some, but do, do you think, uh, do you think the gunners have missed out here? Yeah, I, I um, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm giggling away. Uh, because one of the, the big big Super League clubs uh, haven't been able to do it. And little Villarreal um, uh, have, have won there through playing a, a regulation 4-4-2 with two solid centre-backs, two strikers leading the line. Uh, Francis Coque in, I, I giggled and giggled <laughs> and giggled when I saw the Coque in his part of the, the midfield because uh, Arsenal fans say he can't play. Hey, it's gone great for Arsenal since they got rid of Arsene Wenger, hasn't it? They must be so <laughs> oh upwards all the way. Absolutely thrilled. If you treat somebody like that, then gosh, you deserve everything you get. So delighted Arsenal uh, are out. Um, and they didn't even give it a go either. They no. played the kids. They didn't they didn't look like they were going to to break down Villarreal. Yeah. So um what it does for Mikel Arteta, it puts serious question marks over him now, though, because uh, a, a middling seat well a, a an average season in the league, very unlikely to get European football next year. Do you trust him to, to come through in, a, in, a, in, in the season next year? He'll next probably year? have the first half dozen games of the next season. But and why would that... you, you? You either believe in him or you don't. Well, yeah, yeah true, okay. true. All right, I don't know what the guy's talking about. My mistake, it is two all-English finals. It's Man City, City versus Chelsea and United versus Villa. Real. <laughs> uh, all right, we, we on that note, we go into our first break. Stick around. Has come up with uh, something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back, Bob, Des, and Craig joining me to look forward to, well, it is the home stretch of the EPL season now. Uh, some teams you will hear that got played loads of games. Uh, United have three games in a week. But let's start with the Friday night match then. Leicester City in third take on 17th place, Newcastle United. It's 3 a.m. Saturday, this one kicks off. Um, Craig Marias. I'll let you do Leicester. They, they, well, they see the home straight now, don't they? Based on what happened to them last season, um, yeah. this season, it's a lot different. They've got a cup final to look forward to. They know they've got Man United in midweek, probably a pretty weakened and tired Man United in midweek. But if they can overcome Newcastle, then they're pretty much there, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I would think so. Um, I, I thought, you know, they, they'd collapsed like they did last season. Uh, they had a few injuries, which, you know, I wasn't too sure. To key players as well, uh, Harvey Barnes, Madison at that time. Um, and Vardy was, you know, a bit, you know, he wasn't 100% fit either. Um, and I was just a bit wary. I, I didn't think they had enough in them to, to get it over the line. Surprisingly, they did. Um, and, and people like Ian Nacho stepped up um, and, and really... Uh, started to, to bang in the goals. I think in previous seasons, you know, it was all very reliant on on, on Jamie Vardy, you know, who's obviously not getting any younger. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, credit credit to Inacho. He stepped up when it mattered the most. Um, he's got them into a final um, and, and he's propelling them towards a, a Champions League, another Champions League season. Um, what a season it's been for Leicester, really. Um, just, 
you know, impressive in, in all departments, you know, defensively, you know, you look at players like Johnny Evan, you know, Wesley Fofana, who, who's a young kid, uh, Johnny Evans, you know, discarded by United and, and you know, he's, but he's been in, the, in this league for a very long time, um, using an experienced Schmeichel at the back, um, you know, just organising everything. It, it's just been a very well-organised uh, Leicester side, you know, and, and yeah, I think if, um, as, as we expect, uh, if they get three points against Newcastle tonight, um, you know, I think the, the Champions League is is more or less done. You know, I can't see them um, losing focus. I can't see them losing it um, over the next three games. And, uh, yeah, sewing up, really. Yeah. Um, for, for Newcastle, Bob, they won't be mathematically safe, even if they won, but it would move them 12 points clear of 18th place Fulham with four to play. Um Forget what Des says. I think Newcastle <laughs> have been quite good value for money recently. In terms of, they, they're not that boring to watch anymore. They, they actually, I, I, I would watch Newcastle. They're on the telly. I don't switch <laughs> over anymore. Put it that way. Oh. All right. First of all, it's it's not easy to forget what Des says, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not easy to forget how awful Newcastle were <laughs> for ninety percent of the season. Uh, yes, they have uh, picked up, but it, I think it's just down to uh, St. Maximum coming back. Uh, he's the man. He's, I think he's the guy that's basically saved them. Uh, I mean, he's a, a hell of a player, and I, I'd be surprised if they could hang on to him. I think uh, one or two of the big six, so-called big six clubs, uh, will come sniffing around because he is quite a, a handful. Hmm. Um, I mean, very, very exciting player to watch uh, and crowd-pleasing. He's got, he's got something about him. And how much do you thing. reckon he'd go for, Bob? Well, I mean, he, he didn't cost them that much, did he? Um, but, uh, you know, you wonder where he's been. Um, <laughs> he's, he's been a revelation, and I, you'd have to say he's... he's 40 or 50 million. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult to put a price on it in this, in this market. We don't know how much uh, COVID has really affected the market yet, but um, you can't imagine Mike Ashley selling him for, for anything less than that. And uh, oh yeah, Mike, Mike Ashley is getting his uh, excuses in already isn't he um, dark, dark forces dark, dark forces dark forces well when you're talking about a takeover from saudi arabia <laughs> i think you want to be a bit careful when you're talking about dark forces but he's hinting at dark forces from within the government i think or the yeah. premier league or possibly both they didn't want the takeover to go ahead for obvious reasons political reasons and uh, that that's why it stalled it, it looks very much like that. They delayed and delayed and delayed until the Saudis got fed up. And he was, uh, he was looking at 300 and odd million. And, uh, you know, he's a bit upset he didn't get it. So that's where that's coming from. But they're, they're there for another season. They're not going to go down, even if they lose. Um, so they're there. And it'll be interesting to see what happens next season uh, with them. They'll be... Uh, fight and unless they he coughs up and buys some players, they're going to be struggling again next season. Yeah. So you wonder, you know, what what's in it for him? All right, 
Do you see a, a shock brewing here, Des Corkill? No, Newcastle have done, done what they need to do. So Maximan has uh, maximised himself. Half a, hey. half a good season, half a good season, and he's he's worth forty or fifty million. That is, it, even Bob Holmes is infected by this. No, but this, uh, but I I think that's a fair valuation. What for half a season? No, well, he was good before half a season. You could see that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not. He's not somebody who Manchester City would go out and break the bank for. He's not some. He's not somebody of, of that ilk. He's uh, had a phenomenal season. He's caught the eye. No, he, but he's but than, Tottenham might more than a one season wonder. If he's no, more than last one season, season last season he was very good too. No, he, he was. was. He, he was. I, mean, I think the, the the issue with Saint Maximan is his fitness. You know, yeah. and and he yeah. can never uh, you know be fit for for thirty thirty five games uh, of a season. Um, and, and I think that's what. Um, you know, puts big clubs off of him. I think he's got the ability to play at that kind of level. Um, but, you know, would you pay, you know, that kind of money, 40, 50 million for someone that's going to play 15 games a season? Yeah, true. All right. Yeah, he had, he had COVID, you know. Of paying 40, 50 million for a player. Oh, I'm absolutely. Back to this obscenity. Don't, don't, and, don't uh, disagree with you there, now. Don't disagree with you there at all, Dave. But, but, but you did, you know, you did, you know, because you said earlier on, uh, when we're talking about Champions League final, your immediate reaction was, let's forget the money. So all the stuff that's gone on, even in your mind, and I know you're a huge football fan, you're saying, let's forget the money. And that's yeah, but such a I, I was, attitude for us. I, I only said that from a radio host point of view. No, I understand. They, they've already talked finance for most of today, and, and, and this, this portion's about football. Don't argue with me, Des, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I, can I just say that Max, St. Maximum had long COVID. That wasn't an injury. Yeah, true, true. He missed half the season because of the disease, the, the virus that's going around. But he's All right, still I mean, not a you know. <laughs> okay. Nobody, I, nobody. I said Mike Ashley would not part with him for less, and you know Mike Ashley. All right, it's uh, 3 a.m. kickoff. Leicester against Newcastle. Leeds United against Tottenham is your early Saturday evening match. Um, Spurs have been perfect, Craig Marais, perfect in the league. Since Mourinho left, I, I don't know what the problem is. Mason's <laughs> your man. <laughs> um, well, you, you, uh, Gareth Bale will probably continue uh, uh, to play. Um, can Spurs put it together? They're currently sixth. They've got to be looking at four. So you, you're looking at what? Chelsea, West Ham, mm. Liverpool, and Tottenham, all vying for one spot. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, that's the tough tough thing you know with with games kind of running out for them um you know it's it's going to be very tough i mean you're ready to five points behind chelsea um and what seven behind leicester you know it's it's going to be very hard with what four games to go to to kind of claw that back um and you just think you know if they, they had made this maybe you know a few weeks earlier uh, this decision um not saying that you know ryan mason's a fantastic coach or anything like that um but it needed something, you know, I, I think, you know, Mourinho was going through that period where they just weren't getting results. Um, the, the usual falling out with players, Bale wasn't playing for whatever reasons. Um, and, and, you know, things just didn't seem right at the club. Um, you know, Rice, Ryan Mason's come, you know, he's played with a few of the players there. He's best mates with the captain, uh, Harry Kane. Um, you know, kind of just lifts everyone that little bit more. He started playing players um, who have quality in, in, in Gareth Bale. Um, I mean, it, 
Yeah, six, seven months ago, or whenever we, uh, Gareth Bale signed for them, I mean, we were talking about, you know, that front three of probably being the best in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, that's what we were saying when Spurs were top. Yeah. You know, it, could you find a better, you know, front three in the Premier League or, or in Europe? And, you know, a lot of people were giving them credit. And suddenly, for whatever reason, you know, he's, he's found himself in the cold. Uh, but we saw last week, you know, when you play Gareth Bale, you know, he's still got that quality. Yes, the opponents weren't that great in Sheffield United, but you know you still got to do the business. Some of those goals were really good quality goals. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I I think Champions League's out of the question for Spurs. Europe is is obviously a good uh, is a real possibility for them, uh, but they've got to win every single game now. All right, for Leeds United, uh, Liam Cooper has served his three match suspension, so he's available. Um, Calvin Phillips may be sidelined. He's got a knee injury, which is big for them. And Rafina is still recovering. So Leeds against Tottenham is your early Saturday evening, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. We're going into another break now. Uh, back on the other side of this. We wondered if he'd make a difference. So he beats him all ends up, doesn't he? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Des Corkill, Bob Holmes and Craig Marias on a Friday evening. Joining me to look forward to the weekend's football. You can tweet at BFM Radio. Also follow us on social media, BFM um, Football on Instagram and on Facebook. We do have a Friday video out every week on YouTube. It covers the Malaysian Super League, La Liga, Serie A and Bundesliga. You can't say fairer than that. Please check it out. A TFIF on video. Right, let's continue our look at the weekend's football. Next up is the dress rehearsal of the Champions League final. Top of the table, Man City against fourth place Chelsea. Sunday, half past midnight, this one kicks off. Uh, for Des... There's Corkill. Um, Phil Foden versus Mason Mount, the battle of England's shiniest lights. I'm, I'm putting you on a football topic here. Let's not talk about money. Let's focus on, on two promising English players here. Who do you think shines the brightest? And do you think they can play together in a team? Uh, so let uh, let them let them establish themselves really really properly as as top uh, players at the at the top level. England can England can wait. Um, uh, Foden, I'm a huge fan of Phil Foden. Mason Mason Mount is is one of those versatile players, but Phil Foden has come in and taken a leading role um, for Manchester City in a, an all conquering team. Um, uh, t- t- terrific. Uh, I'm, I'm also a, a big fan of what Pep Guardiola's managed to do with John Stones on a footballing uh, point of view. Um, okay. if, if, if you want to keep that England perspective, they've made them good players. And Kyle Walker. Yeah. Kyle Walker is yeah. now a, a player who fits into a top draw team. So uh, for Guardiola, he has moulded some, the not the big signings. Those Well, Stones was a big signing, but um, uh, he's moulded players who many thought couldn't become world-class or top international class, and I think he's helping them get on the way there. Whether or not they can do that without Guardiola, without the Manchester City system, is um, another question, because international football is so much more stilted in many ways than the free reign that you're allowed in, in, in club football. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I like what Guardiola has done as a footballing coach. Mm. Um, it's, it's not his fault that the, the money is a, a, a wash, but I, I really like what he's done. 
And it's going to be fascinating to see how both teams approach this because City can win the league. This is City it. Celebrate winning the league. Yep. And Chelsea, if they lose the Champions League, they need to take this serious. If they lose the Champions League final, they need fourth place to get Champions League next year. So this is important for them. Um, so, so this this could be not just a warm up for the uh, for the Champions League final. This could be a, a, a game where both really go and take this um, very very seriously um, in 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 the run into to, to the um, to the cup. So money money or not, it should be a really good game to watch. Boring as hell. Chelsea won't come out and attack. Um, but technically very, very astute. And as you quite rightly say, the likes of Phil Foden and Mason Mount could become the match winners. And that's uh, that's a good thing if you remotely care about English football. Yep. Pep Guardiola's side need just three points from the remaining four games to confirm their fifth title in nine years. Um, theoretically, they can afford to just play the reserves in this one. Forget this game, Bob. Uh, take it up in the next game they play. But... Knowing Pep, I mean, do you reckon, not if, but when they win this title this season, do you reckon winning the title without a recognised striker is the greatest achievement by a football manager ever? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that. because but It's a pretty the, high the, one, right? It, it is, it is. But I mean, just the way they play. I mean, if you were new to football, say, um, and you saw them play, you wouldn't be saying, oh, how come they don't have a centre-forward? You know, I mean, they don't miss a centre-forward or an old-fashioned striker, whatever you want to call it. Um, It's the way they play, and it suits them. I mean, it's partly a case of needs must. I mean, Aguero was injured for half last season, and uh, Jesus didn't quite come up to the mark. So, But Pep had aces in the other positions, so he... He came up with a a style where uh, having a big uh, number nine uh, or even a small number nine like (laughs) Aguero wasn't wasn't necessary. Mm. And they've managed, uh, well, uh, managed well without him. I mean, it's incredible. They were on for a quad until Chelsea. Don't forget, Chelsea beat them in the semifinal of the FA Cup. So uh, Chelsea... They, Thomas Tuchel doesn't know how to win. I mean, it was a it was a narrow victory, but City weren't at their best that day. And I think we can probably look back and think that and give Chelsea a bit more credit for that performance than we perhaps did at the time when we tended to say that City weren't weren't at it. But um, this is a tricky one for both managers, as yeah. Des says. There's a lot at stake. If this was a, a you know in normal circumstances. They'd probably be both very cagey, play uh, a lot of reserves, you know, if there's nothing else at stake. But there's an awful lot at stake. And even though there are no fans there, City fans won't be happy if they don't win the title this weekend. It, it will be seen as, a, as a, a mistake, a blow. I mean, it won't actually matter that much because they will win it eventually. But to lose, to miss an opportunity against a side like Chelsea, who they're playing again in three weeks' time in the biggest game of all, will not go down well. And Pep knows that, and he won't want that to happen. Mm. So there is a lot at stake here, and it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, I think both managers will make tweaks to the team because they had hard games in the middle of the week and got games next week. But 
it, it'll be a full-on game, I'm sure of that. Chelsea can hold their own against City. They've won 26 of 47 Premier League meetings between the sides, 14 of them away from home. Tuchel's side have kept seven clean sheets in their last, last nine league games, but City have won 12 of their 17 at home this season. Craig, who do you fancy? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, you know, Chelsea, obviously, in the semi-finals, you know, had, had a great victory against them. Um, it's hard not to, you know, go with City, you know, playing at home. Um, but but you just never know what, what kind of side Pep's going to, uh, you know, going to field. Do, do you um, think psychologically... That, that do you think psychologically this result will affect the Champions League final? Um, no, not really, not really. I think I think the players are too too mentally strong for that, and and you know it wouldn't phase them, you know, because um, you're talking about top top players here, you know, you're not talking about you know you're talking about players that played at the highest level, played big games, um, so so I don't think that comes into it. Yeah, um, I, I've got to go with with City here just because they haven't wrapped up the league yet. Um, and, you know, they did want to do it, um, especially at home. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it will put a real big marker, I think, um, for them if they, if they win this convincingly. Um, but again, you know, it comes down to, to the, uh, the team that Pep Guardiola builds, you know. Um, we've seen throughout the course of the season, uh, rotation, um, you know, he'd look at the fact that, you know, how much energy was used up over, um, you know, uh, in, the, in the match. Um, against PSG, which was a lot, you know, considering they needed to get the, the, the job done. There's a lot of motion flying around. Um, I, I'd expect a lot of changes. You know, I expect the likes of Sterling to start and things like that. It'll still be a strong squad. Uh, I expect them to edge it, not win it comfortably. All right. It is half past midnight. Man City against Chelsea. Liverpool in seventh. Take on 15th place Southampton. It's a 3.15 Sunday morning kickoff. Uh, that one. Des Corkill, your Liverpool side are well rested after witnessing the events of last weekend. Um, they've got a midweek game to negotiate, but 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 you know, it should be fine. They are still on a home run that isn't enviable, and they've got a chance to put it right against Southampton. Must put it right against Southampton. I think um the the the, the squad that uh, Jurgen Klopp has got, um, has got five games to, to rescue a little bit of its reputation. If they can, um, uh, they've got to beat Southampton. Uh, then they have to, to, to win at Man United. Basically, as, as Craig said, Tottenham have got to win all four. Liverpool have got to win all five to have a chance of nicking that uh, four Champions League slot. Um, it's got to start at home against Southampton. What I will say is that uh, Liverpool are on a five-game unbeaten run. The, 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 the aberration, or the, not the aberration, the um, disintegration later on against Newcastle has just got to be put behind them because Liverpool were so dominant in that game. I think they've got to take the first 80 minutes of that game into this match with Southampton and hope that Mane uh, and Saleh and even Bobby Firmino begin to tick, uh, put in the goals that their, uh, their shots on goals uh, suggest that they should be scoring and Liverpool should be OK in this Southampton game. But they, they can't afford... Any more slip-ups? They 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 just cannot. Uh, Southampton got not a lot to play for, but you saw that in their one-all draw with um, Leicester that they're not going to go down uh, without a fight. And then, sorry, the final thing: Vestergaard is is available after another of those ridiculous red cards. Yeah, overturned, thankfully, has been overturned. So why, if VAR is there and it's a clear and obvious error, and it's so clear and obvious that it's get it ultimately gets rescinded, 
why didn't VAR overturn the de decision at the match? So is VAR fit for purpose? Wins number about 455. But Liverpool, um, <laughs> Liverpool have Today. got to win this. Liverpool <laughs> must, must win this and the players have got to turn up. Yeah, for, for the Saints, Minamino can't face his parent club, obviously. Danny Ings, Oriel Romeo and Ryan Bertrand are all on the sidelines. They're big players for the Saints. I I fear for Ralph Hessenhuttle's side. <laughs> this one's a 3.15 a.m. kickoff. We're going into our final break. Stick around. Back right after this. Lovely football. Speed of that passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Two goal lead, a picture of a goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And here we are, Des, Bob and Craig looking forward to Aston Villa in 10th, taking on Manchester United in 2nd. Um, United, Bob, uh, do, do you think it's fair? Ole Gunnar came out and, and said the rescheduling of football matches is obviously done by people who have never played the professional game before. So United play Villa on Sunday. They've got Leicester on Tuesday, Liverpool on, um, on Thursday, Thursday, and then another weekend game coming up. So that's a bit crazy, right? Well, why did they agree to it then? I mean... Uh, Do they have the a club, say, though? I, I think that within... Yes, I think they can kick... If they kick up enough fuss... I think they can uh, get a different date. I mean, there were different dates. Um, it's a question of priority, which is the least awkward. And their focus is now on the uh, Europa League final. So I think uh, you're going to see weakened teams fielded. And this might be one of those games. Uh, they, they don't really have anything to play for. Uh, they're not too worried, I think, whether they come second or third in the league um, or, or even fourth. But that's I think they've they've got it sewn up Champions League football for sure next season, uh, whether they win the um, Europa League or not. And that is their that is their focus totally now. And it would be quite something for Ole to get a trophy. And, of course, it would be uh, the second time they've won it, having won it in 2017. And it does it, – um, the Europa League has come on a bit in the last few years. I think we used to sneer at it a bit. But uh, there have been some good teams, top teams in it in recent years. And it's worth winning, mm. uh, not just because you're guaranteed a place in the Champions League the following season, but it is a prestigious trophy. But, um, you know, it's the second biggest in Europe. It's worth winning. And that's what they'll be out for. Second or third is is immaterial. So expect a few changes. And I, I see an opening here for Villa. I think uh, Villa, Villa could actually uh, win this one. All right. Let me go to Craig and, and say that one driving factor for Ole and Man United to put it on show here is that unbeaten uh, run for the season. They are still unbeaten away from home in the league. 
they they want to carry this on. I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and you try telling Bruno Fernandez he's not going to play, right? Yeah, um, and I think the the substitutions um, last night against yeah. Roma reflect that. To be honest with you, plus Van der Beek uh, you know, played the full game. I've never seen that full, before. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, him starting was a was Starting's a bit of a shock. Anyway. I know. Yeah. It's like who's that? Who's that new signing? Do you reckon every time um, the board came up, he was so worried? Yeah. For substitutions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I um, I I don't think United would uh, rotate much in this match. Uh, to be honest with you, I think. Um, you know, he'd go with the same, you know, Scott McTominay didn't play this match. Yeah. Um, I think he comes back into it. Rashford, um, you know, came on as a, as, as a sub. Um, so he, he, he'd probably start the next match ahead of probably someone like Greenwood. Um, I don't expect too many changes and, and a lot, you know, I think uh, with, with second place still not sealed, I mean, Leicester aren't far behind. I know United have a game in hand as well, uh, but Leicester aren't far behind. Ole would want them to wrap up second first before he you know, rings in the changes. And yep. it's, it's a big three games for United. It, it really is because, um, you know, none of these are easy. You know, Villa have had a great season. Leicester have had a great season. Uh, Liverpool's obviously a massive, uh, you know, massive derby, massive rivalry for them there. Um, so it, it's going to be an interesting way because I've been very critical of the way that Ole's kind of managed his squad and, and rotated, you know. I don't think he rotates it. Non-rotation, in yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, it's, you know, you can almost predict uh, United's lineups get, uh, week in, week out. I do on the um, app every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get points for it. One hundred twenty uh, points every week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just feel that um, you know, the, it'll it'll be interesting to see how he manages this because yeah. you know, I think this is only the second time it's ever happened. Yeah. matches in a game yeah. week yeah. Uh, something ridiculous like that fantasy um, football so managers get your Man United players in this weekend yeah. well yes and no yes and no you know, <laughs> I mean, you know expect some guys to be rotated in and out but I don't expect too much okay um, for Aston Villa uh, Des Corkill um, even without Jack Grealish their influential playmaker they've been good Ollie Watkins is in probably form of his life at the moment Anwar El Ghazi, you don't know. He can come in and score a cracker. Top corner. I've seen that. <laughs> so, and, and they haven't been bad. Dean Smith's been in good. They, they're safe. All-round B-plus, you'd give them so far. Yeah, I think they've been very good. The, the win at um, Everton recently just proves uh, what, a, what a, an organised team they are and how well they can, that they can uh, not hit on the break because they're, they're more than hitting on the break. A player who I've liked who um, hasn't had any attention is uh, Bertrand Traore. I think he adds a certain elegance, a certain width. He's not scoring many goals, but um, he, he, he is a, a, a constant presence for them uh, going forward. And he's been a regular in Dean Smith's side. And so that gives them a 4-2-3-1. And, and I just mentioned Newcastle. Newcastle have been negative as a Burnley 4-4-2 playing up the channels. If you release players to play more attacking areas like Traore, like Ross Barkley, uh, like El Ghazi, then you can overcome even the loss of a, a, a really super player like um, uh, uh, Jack Grealish. Yeah. And I, I think what they've done, Villa, is is really good. They were they were stuffy last year. They, they were, um, from memory, a, a very regular 4-4-2 and uh, very lucky to stay up when VAR made uh, the first of its multiple, well, not the first, one of its many thousands of errors and goal line technology failed um, the team who was relegated as a result. But they've uh, cashed in and um, with, with the likes of Traore have become 
far more attractive to play. And I hope they can kick on from here next year and mount a proper challenge for um, a European place because they're a big club. They're a former yeah. European champion. Yeah. They've got a good structure behind them. Um, and uh, they, they seem to have a, they've always got a good um, uh, youth development and they've just opened a new training base. So things are looking on the up for Aston Villa. They seem to be a well-managed club uh, doing where they should be in the top, in the top right. Aston Villa have offered up Villa Ground as a possible venue for the Champions League final. You've got Villa, uh, you've got Villa Park or, or Wembley, but of course UEFA will turn those down. Being UEFA, that's a different story altogether. Uh, Aston Villa, Man United is Sunday nine oh five p.m. West Ham United in fifth, Everton in eighth. Sunday eleven thirty. Bob, West Ham are the other side. We're talking about in that top four mix. In 2005, David Moyes took Everton to a fourth place finish against all odds. And he can come one step closer to doing that again. He's done great. We've said that already with Moyes. But are there realistic top four challenges for you? Uh, yes, realistic. Yes. I mean, uh, it, he wouldn't have said that. Um, no. He wouldn't have used that word. Uh, probably up before Christmas even, but they are now uh, because they're only three points behind Chelsea. And if City do the business on Chelsea this weekend and West Ham beat Everton, which is eminently winnable, they'll be level on points. So you, you have to say that uh, they're real, realistic contenders and they, uh, depending on what Leicester do, they won't be that far behind uh, Leicester either. So they are very much in the mix for top four. They, they really are. And I hope they do it, actually, because it would be great to see them uh, in the Champions League. I mean, West Ham, you know, it's, uh, it's, a great, it's been a great club for English football. I mean, West Ham fans of a certain vintage will claim that they actually won the World Cup. West Ham won the World Cup. Well, if, if, that, if that's the case, Bob, I want to say Man United won Serie R last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, West West Ham. I think uh, this this will be a real test. And if if Everton lose this, then I think obviously they uh, it's goodbye to uh, top four, and it it's probably goodbye even to the Europa League. Yeah, uh, there is this Europa Conference, which is a second tier Europa League, which no one seems quite sure how you qualify for. But I think if you if you come about eighth, you're you're in it. And even Liverpool uh, are are looking at that possibility. Uh, I mean, it's uh, if we look down on the Europa League once upon a time, we are certainly going to look down on the Europa League conference. So <laughs> it, it's, it's for upper mid-table sides, but that's coming into being next season. Yeah. All right. Um, for for Everton, well, you can. It's it's not a stretch to say that uh, Moyes has already outperformed Ancelotti this season. So despite having a world class manager in like Carlo Ancelotti, Craig, it's, you can say that the Hammers really haven't still replaced David, uh, sorry, Everton haven't replaced David Moyes yet, have they? Really? Still? <laughs> How many years has it been since he's done? Exactly. Um, <laughs> he's no, that good, man. It, it's a tough one, you know. I mean, let, let's not forget what 
you know, when Roberto Martinez went there, I think he had, you know, a good season. I, I can't remember if it was his first or second season, but he got them, you know, very close to the close, Champions yeah, League. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, that that's very good for, 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 for Everton. And, and now, you know, you get someone with a reputation and, and CV of Carlo Ancelotti, you're expected to, you know, push them along. Um a lot of investment has been made in that team. You know, we, we keep saying it, you know, every every time um, they've pumped in the money. Um, but, you know, how are they gauged? How, how are they judged? You know, are they expected to, to, to get into the top four places? One thing I'd say is that they'd look over at Leicester and, and uh, Leicester City and say, well, if Leicester are doing it, why can't we? Mm. Um, and that that would be the target, you know, in yeah. a season where, you know, Arsenal have come off the boil, uh, Liverpool have come off the ball, Spurs have come off the ball. It would have been a perfect um, time for, you know, Everton to really go and, and make a statement and get into the Champions League. Um, however, it's Leicester that, that made that jump. Um, and Everton are just, just too too far behind and too inconsistent. You just don't know what you're going to get from them when they turn up. Um, a lot depends on Calvert-Lewin. Um, if he's injured, you know, you can't rely on Richarlison to get the goals. Um, you know, James Rodriguez was missing for... for, for you know, a part of that. And, you know, he's, he's their creative force. Um, so a lot of mistakes. They still don't have a steady goalkeeper at the back. Um, there's still a lot of improvement needed with Everton. Will they get there with Ancelotti? Uh, remains to be seen. You know, mm. it, it really depends on how patient uh, the board will be. Because when, when you throw that kind of money that Everton have over the last few years, they need success and need results immediately. And, yep. um, yeah, I, I don't know how much more time he has there. It is a fickle football world that we live in today. Right, uh, elsewhere, you've got um, Sheffield United against Crystal Palace. You've got Wolves against Brighton. Arsenal against West Brom is a Monday morning game. Uh, we're out of time here, so I'm going to say thanks to Bob Holmes. <laughs> thanks, everybody. <laughs> hey, there we are. Sorry, we're, we're laughing because Bob froze on our screen for a second. <laughs> uh, thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you very much. And thank you, Des Corkill. If I made you miserable, uh, my job has been successful. <laughs> <laughs> Have a terrific weekend, everybody. See you Monday. Bye. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.